Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast, your source for all things running and travel in super fun destinations around the world. We're your hosts, Gerald Mitchell and Natalie Mitchell. This week, we are so excited to welcome Caitlin Smith to the Sweet Run Podcast. Caitlin is a marathoner as well as a prolific writer whose work has appeared in such publications as Women's Running Magazine, Competitor, Greatest, The Mighty, and Sharecare. And really cool fact, Caitlin was the former web editor for Women's Running Magazine for over two years, and she spent a number of years at that magazine. So Caitlin definitely knows running and writing, and in this really fun conversation, we talk about those topics as well as her big move from the beach town of Encinitas, California to Boise, Idaho. And we have a lot of fun with Caitlin. She gives us some great recommendations in her new home city of Boise, where to run, cool places to dine out, really fun places to check out while in Boise, and so much more. We know you guys are going to love this conversation, so let's go. This episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. Do you guys want to become a faster, better, more efficient runner? Well, of course you do. And that's where Inside Tracker comes in. They have a health and wellness platform, honestly, like no other. I just got my blood results back and it was really eye-opening to see what I needed to work on, what was going well in my body, what's not going so well in my body. I have three biomarkers that are at risk that I need to take care of. And I love knowing that so I can go and take the steps to change that. And that's what Inside Tracker provides. It's a science-backed, concrete, trackable action plan that will help you reach your performance goals. So what are you waiting for? You guys should take advantage of this offer. We've got an awesome code for you, 25% off of anything that they provide when you use the code Sweet run. So go do it and find out what's going on inside your body. And now, friends, please enjoy our fun conversation with Caitlin Smith. Welcome to the Sweet Run Podcast, Caitlin. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yes. So, everybody, Caitlin and I met each other a few years ago um, in person in San Diego. The first time we met a couple times in person, actually. Was this at a race? The first time we met at a coffee shop. Caitlin, you need to tell everybody about your favorite coffee shop in San Diego. Yeah, we met at Gordy's, which changed owners actually right before we moved to Boise, Idaho, where we are now. Um, but that was our favorite. We did our engagement photos there. I love um, Ellen and Gordy are great. Um, so yeah, we met there and had coffee. I think when you were writing for Women's Running and you were in San Diego for something, I forget what it was, but yeah, that's the first time we met. Yeah, that's the first time we met. And then the second time we met at a race. And somehow we were able to coordinate to gotta go on our, our cool down run after the race. I forgot which race that was. I think Carl's it was the bad. I think it was the Encinitas half. Yeah, that's the one. Because I think we finished at Moonlight Beach um, and then we cooled down together. Yeah, that was fun. And then Ryan at the time was your boyfriend, who's now your husband. Yes. Yeah. We got married over two years now. I can't, I still, I feel like it was yesterday. It's so crazy. Wait a minute. 
Was I there? You the, were there. When you said Ryan boyfriend and it's Encinitas, now it all clicked. Natalie knows so many people through running and all the, just from all walks of life and far flung places that I was like, okay, I'm trying to put the, okay, I kind of get it. And then boom, it just clicked. That's so cool. Yeah. I think I met, I think you had all of your kids with you and we yep. were in the parking lot of Moonlight Beach. And that was the first time I met yep. you, Gerald. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally remember. I don't think now. you probably remember a lot of details because you had all the kids. Yeah. I'm and I was like, you take the kids. I'm going with Caitlin on our run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds right. Uh, so fun. And then you guys got married and I love the whole, your wedding and like your honeymoon. Did you go to Paris for your honeymoon? Uh, for actual honeymoon, we went to the Grand Canyon. We did kind of a smaller thing right after the wedding. And then we went to Paris a year later, right before COVID happened. We actually got back from Paris two days before they shut down the Louvre because of COVID. Oh it, was, it was wild timing, but it was such an amazing trip. I love Paris. We want to go back. It was so fun. Yeah, Paris is beautiful. Were you guys able to run it all or when you were there? Uh, I did. I don't think Ryan did. We did a lot of walking. One day, I think we walked like 27 miles or something insane. But yeah, I ran. It was, I felt very safe there. So I felt really fine just kind of running from our Airbnb down to the river and around and back. And there's a lot of runners there. It's a big runner city. Yeah, there's a lot of runners there. The last time we were in Paris, I don't feel like I really got to run a lot. So I want to go and just go on like a running Parisian excursion type trip. I like how you put all those words together. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so Caitlin, tell everybody a, a little bit about your running journey, how you got into running and the whole progression. Yeah, I got into running young as many people do. I, my first race, I think was the West side relays in sixth grade when I lived in Northern California. And I don't remember this, but I've, I've been told this story by my parents that I was in sixth grade. I think I was running the four by 800, a leg of the four by 800 relay. And the high school coach at that time was at that relay. And I guess he said something to my dad to the effect of, oh, she's, she's running in high school. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to get her on our team. Um, so high school came. So I ran all through high school, cross country and track varsity all four years, uh, my sophomore year, I, I went to a D5 school for the first two years of high school. So it was a really small school and there wasn't, it was a great coach and a great program for cross country, but there wasn't a lot of competition for me, to be honest. So I actually ended up making it to the state meet. So I was able to run the California state meet. And that was, that's one of the best experiences I think I've had as a runner because I went as a individual and there was a lot of teams there. So I remember standing on the start line in a box shared with one other girl who also qualified as an individual and we're like surrounded by these powerhouse teams and I'm like what am I doing here <laughs> <laughs> um so that was really cool and then college I didn't run in college for my college at all I just I kind of didn't really run honestly it was kind of off and on and my roommate made me go on a few runs with her and then I really started, I think, getting into myself as a runner after college, or I guess it was right before I graduated. And I got really sick with ulcerative colitis, which I've had since I was 14. And when I got better, I went to this symposium to kind of learn a little more about the disease. And they had just started this program called Team Challenge, which they raise money for awareness and 
research. And then they also run a half marathon. So at that time they were doing a half marathon in Napa. It was the Napa to Sonoma one, never run a half marathon, didn't know anything about it. This was 2008. So I signed up and I did it and I realized I was kind of good at it and I kind of liked it. So that kind of launched my interest in running after college and half marathon is still my favorite distance. So I've run a bunch of those. I run, uh, qualified for Boston in 2015 and ran Boston in 2016. Obviously another highlight always. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's just kind of ebb and flowed throughout my life. My dad was a professional runner. Uh, obviously we met through women's running magazine where I worked for a long time. And I also worked for competitor. I know you had Mario on the podcast too. So he was a mentor for me for a while. Um, yeah. And I think recently I've since moved on from women's running, I've kind of stepped out of sort of the PR side of it and the media side of it. So that's, it's kind of fun to be here because I haven't done this in a, in a while, but now I'm kind of just focusing on hiking and doing sort of other things. Um, I think my, I had some challenges last year and my body just isn't really able to run right now. So I'm doing a lot of other things, but I'm still following along with you and like everyone else in the industry, uh, Boise, where I live now is there's so many runners here. They're, they're everywhere. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I am so excited that you're living in Boise. I can't wait to talk about it, but I want to say two things. We have two things in common, Caitlin. So we, didn't you go to Santa Barbara? for university. Yeah. Go Gauchos. Yay, go Gauchos. Yeah. <laughs> so we were both at Santa Barbara, not at the same time, but, um, but we were there. And then what was the other, there was something else that you said, Oh, Boston, 2016. I was there too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, was a, that was the year it was really hot. It wasn't really hot, but it was hot for a marathon. Yeah. And I just remember I didn't have like a, my best time there. It was a fine time, but I got so many texts after I'm like, Oh my gosh, good job on making it to the finish line. It was such a hard day. Like everyone was saying the same thing. It was just so hot. It was so hot. And then of course the next day it was like 50 degrees. Yeah, freezing cold. It was perfect. It was, it was perfect. perfect running weather. <laughs> I feel like every yeah. time I go to Boston, it's like the day of the race, there's some major drama with the weather. And then the next yeah. day it's like the perfect day. Yeah. Yeah. Like even here, like two days ago, we had 88 degrees and yesterday it was in, it was like 60. And my husband, who's from Connecticut, he's from new England. He's like, Oh, this is new England weather. One day it's summer. The next day it's winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't like the wet, the weather, just wait a day and it'll change. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. That's awesome. I also wanted to ask you just, I, when you were talking about being at the state meet, and standing on the starting line in that box with the other, with the other girl. And I was like, I kind of got chills. Like you made it to the California state meet. That is impressive. Yeah. Thank you. It, um, it's interesting because I feel like I don't have a lot of things in my life where I like very specifically remember that moment, but that's one of those times Boston marathon finish and start lines another, but I do remember that very clearly that it was the best girls in the state. And I think at that time, uh, Ukiah, I think was one of the powerhouse schools up there and their whole team was there. And I'm like, I, it was, it was this weird feeling of feeling almost kind of like you're out of place, but almost like so much adrenaline and my whole family was there. 
it was really cool. Yeah, I was going to ask, where in Northern California did you uh, live for a while? Uh, I grew up in Petaluma, so it's in the okay. North Bay. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so expensive now. It's a lot different than we when we lived there. <laughs> yeah, the whole Bay Area is just changed. I grew up in Berkeley, so I always ask when okay. people say they're from the Bay Area. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of heavy cross-country competition up there. Yeah, I had a couple track meets at Cal in high school, some invitationals. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I remember they wouldn't let us leave the stadium alone. I don't know. I haven't spent a lot of time in Berkeley, but I remember they wanted the students to go with someone when they left around there. So we just kind of stayed within the campus and stayed within the track, which I mean, is a beautiful track, but it was really cool to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun place. There is some crazy, there's kind of some crazy people walking around Berkeley. The funny thing is for the most part, they're completely harmless. Um, but yes, you know, if you're, especially if you're not from the area and for me, I moving away, I was like, I don't get why everybody thinks Berkeley is berserkly. Right. Until I moved away for a few years and I came back and I was like, Oh, okay. I see why this is maybe not normal <laughs> for everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't super familiar. I don't know. Maybe it was just the the female athletes. But yeah, I was like, okay, I'll just hang out on the campus. You know, some of us would go together to get a sandwich with our coach. <laughs> Probably in general, smart idea for, you know, a bunch of high school kids, male or yeah. female, you know, stay in a group, be with an adult, you know, basic stuff. Yeah. So Caitlin, how long did you work at Women's Running Magazine? I worked there. I actually started working for competitor group, the rock and roll marathon series before I was at women's running. So I think I started at women's running in 2013 women's running and competitor. I was associate editor on both. So I had like 50, 50 split time. And then uh, the editor in chief at the time of women's running, Jesse Seabor asked me if I wanted to be the web editor exclusively on women's running and they didn't have anyone at that time. They had one person working part-time, so they needed a full-time person. And I think at that time it was kind of like digital was a thing, but it was still, it was new enough that I remember we would use social media a lot as everyone does to kind of promote our content. And this was like pre, pre, pre algorithms. So I just remember being like thrown into that and kind of tasked with growing that side of the business and creating all this sort of content that would work really well in digital. So that's what I did there for a long time until I think 2017. So four now, years. Yeah. Did you find that coming into social at that stage that there was, it was crickets cause nobody was there or was it like, Oh my gosh, this is so easy to get, you know, engagement because there was nobody there and they were just happy to see like, Oh, women's running. Let's go. Yeah. So when I, moved over to web editor. We didn't have an Instagram account. It didn't exist. So I made that. So with that, that was very organic growth that we saw. And I was like, this is kind of cool. I kind of know Instagram. And then over time, obviously now Instagram is like this huge platform. So that was cool to see. That was very organic. And I think it was new that every, all these runners just wanted to follow. And I don't think runners world, I think they had one, but it wasn't what it is today. So it was just cool to have running on Instagram. And then in terms of Facebook, we would be able to post something and it would just get so much traffic. 
And I think it was just, I think it was before they had any real algorithms sort of working against that to kind of curate what each person sees. If I post something and I, and you, Natalie, like it a lot, you'll see it. But if it's, I'm not into it, like I won't see it on my feed. So I think it was before they did all that. So it was actually kind of shocking tracking the traffic through Facebook in the beginning because it was just such a spike when we upped how much we were posting on that platform. So it's interesting to work there in the beginning and then kind of navigate the changes. And now it's a totally different ball game. Yeah. Glory days. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram is so different now. And, and it's funny, like if you're not really, cause before, like you were saying, you could post a photo and like the people that you were engaged with or people that were following you would see it, but now you can post something and maybe a lot of people won't see it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I don't know. That's an, a frustrating, hard thing to think about. Like I'm putting this content together, but maybe a quarter of my, you know, people that I interact with may not even see it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge social media. It's just like a huge marketing machine now. It's, it's cool. It's, it's been cool to see it kind of grow through where I worked and now doing other things, but it's also, yeah, it's definitely challenging if we're using it to try to grow a brand for sure. Yeah. So what are you doing now? Like you're, you're writing and, and I always love reading your, your, your work. You have such a way with words and it's, it's always a treat to read what you write. Um, now I work for a small wellness company based out of Carlsbad. Um, and we're all fully remote, obviously, because I'm in Idaho. Um, so I work on their marketing team. So right now I'm writing a lot of, um, blog content. We're, uh, B2C or sorry, not B2C, B2B. So we, have clients that use our platform for their own wellness programs. So it's actually pretty fun. I get to write a lot of the challenges of the day, feature contests for different clients, um, blogs to kind of get new business coming into the company. So it's a lot of different things. And then on the side, I also write for the mighty.com. And that's a website that's good for people with chronic illness. They have a lot of different contributors with all sorts of different illnesses and conditions that contribute and write about their experiences. So I've learned a ton working there. I've learned about things I've never even heard of and been part of some really cool campaigns. So I do that on the side and that's kind of my my ulcerative colitis arm that I always kind of like to keep advocating for, so. That's awesome. Um, And you, so you're doing all of this from your house. Mm -hmm. Do you have like this little space that you're looking out in the, at the mountains and just riding away or what does a day look like for you? Uh, I wish, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm in the office right now, sort of, it's just our second room. Um, yeah, I have a home office. We bought me a desk like the second, the day after we moved here because I didn't have one before. I was working at my kitchen table and then we moved. And so we got me a desk. So right now there's no, there's no mountains outside, but um, we did, we are closing on a house. So that will be in a really cool, really quiet neighborhood. We have a backyard. So I'll probably spend a lot of time working out there. Um, my husband's a carpenter, so he's already very busy. So he's going to build us uh, a small deck. So yeah, it'll be nice and, and beautiful. Congrats. That's I awesome. Know. That yeah, is thank awesome. You. And that's such a big move too. I mean, cause you know, it's like, I feel like when you're kind of based in Southern California, 
I don't know, moving, it feels like a big deal just with weather and people and like, how has the transition been um, living in Boise? Oh, that's a good question. I think for me personally, I was really ready for this move. It was kind of a long time coming. If you ask anyone close to me, they kind of joke that I've talked about moving out of state for years. So it wasn't any sort of like impulse decision. So I think I was really ready, like mentally, emotionally, physically to just for a new change and new scenery. Um, I really, really love Encinitas where we moved from. It's beautiful. I think I was ready for a bit more seasons. I love the cold. I love winter. I'm weird. <laughs> so I was ready to experience some winter and we both really love the mountains and we were ready to just be closer to those. Um, yeah, just, I think have a little bit of a slower pace of life too. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And, and Encinitas is, I love it because, and it's not for everybody listening. I feel like it, it it's San Diego, but it's not San Diego. It's its own little quaint little town, uh, beach town. And it feels like, I mean, I haven't spent a ton of time, like only like here and there day trips or weekend trips, but like living there, it feels like a small little town. Is that, do you feel that way too? Or is it, is it like a little bit compared to Boise? What's the, what's the feeling like? Is it more hustle bustle or? I think Encinitas changed a lot because I lived there for 17 years with four years off at college, but basically 17 years. It used to be a lot more quiet, like quiet beach town. And I think just over the years, it's just gotten a lot busier and they've built a lot. So there's just, it's, it still has like a funky beach town vibe that everybody loves. There's just a lot of people. And I think it's just getting a little crowded for us. Um, so it, it, if you know, if you know where to go and you have your spots, it's definitely, it's definitely still that kind of sleepy beach, fun, hippie town. Um, but overall it was, it was becoming a little too crowded for us. And then here in Boise, it's interesting. I'm still kind of figuring out the dynamic of the city. It's, it's definitely a city. It's a capital city and there's definitely city parts, but it's really quiet here. Like, like you can't, you don't hear much other than the geese every once in a while. It's just, it's just very quiet. Even if you're in the middle of downtown and everyone seems to just have a little bit like slower pace. Like obviously the speed limits are slower, but just people walking around, they say, hi, they stop and ask how you're doing. Like part of the trail etiquette rules around here are to say hi to people you pass on the trail that's on the website. So it's, everyone's just, I don't want to say everyone's friendly here as if people aren't friendly and it's neatest. It's just kind of, it's just a different way of life. I feel like. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it's literally written into the, the rules of, the, of Boise. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's bumper stickers everywhere and, and stickers they sell that say, keep Boise kind, you know, because everyone here is very, very kind. It's everyone's smiley and everyone's a local and it's just, it's just, I don't know. I really like it. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. That's well, cool. let's, let's, get, let's into get into it. Yeah. So Caitlin, so tell us if we come to Boise or anybody's coming there, where should they go for a run? Where are your favorite places that you've explored so far? Um, I would definitely tell people to go into the foothills out of Camelsback Park. So Camelsback Park is connected to kind of the north end area of Boise. It's it's a really cool area just to walk around in. You can run through there, but it's it's kind of the historic homes. And I I love just 
doing walk run loops through there too. But if you go to Camelsback Park, you'll see there's a really, really, really steep staircase. You can't miss it. So you climb up that and then at the top, you have access to all the foothill trails. I don't know if all, but a lot of them, there's 190 miles of, of trail in the foothills. So you can basically go for as long or as short as you want. And it's beautiful right now because all the flowers are blooming because it's spring. So you can, you can keep it flat and go through the lower end or you can find some hills in the back end. There's a lot of mountain bikers here. So one thing I'm learning is, you know, just be wary of that. They're very courteous, but you're sharing with a lot of mountain bikers. So for trail, I would definitely say that I haven't, I've done some hikes, um, but I, unless you're really, really in shape, I don't know that you can run the whole thing. <laughs> They're pretty steep. Um, but for running, that's what I would say. And then also the, um, the green belt here that goes along the Boise river. It's, I think it's like 25 miles total. So you can basically grab onto that anywhere throughout the city, mostly through parks and just run if you want, um, just regular like cement asphalt running. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, super yeah. cool. So of course, once we've had a good run, where should we go to grab a bite to eat? What are your top breakfast, lunch, dinner, or just the one that stands out the most to you? So for breakfast, well, I'll start. Okay. So I, I'm super into coffee shops, local coffee shops. So I've gone to 16 of them here so far. Oh my God. Okay. So it's just like a thing I started doing and I can't stop. So <laughs> that's <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Tell us yeah. about the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. The coffee is really good. So you definitely have to go to Hyde Perk, which is in Hyde Park. So Hyde Perk is the name of the coffee shop. It's super cute. It's, it's relatively newer. I think it opened in like 2015. Um, and it's a really cool part of the community. The inside is really cool downtown you have to go to flying m coffee house they have a few locations but the downtown one's really cool they have a lot of really awesome decor and they have a little shop in there um a lot of cool stickers and stuff like i'm super into stickers and the water bottle and the whole thing so i always buy stickers there um but they have really strong espresso so i like them um what else awakenings no awakenings just changed to alchemist and that one's kind of in west boise so they have they have good you can sit down for breakfast but they're also just like a really homey cozy coffee place so i do some work from there sometimes but if you want like full-blown good breakfast goldie's is really good and they're always crowded so <laughs> if you can get in they're famous for their mimosas and then if it's too crowded around the corner they have goldie's corner and it's basically to go options of all their stuff. So that's where I would go for breakfast. Um, I would also say, obviously the potato is a big thing here, Idaho potato. <laughs> so you gotta, you have to go to Boise Fry Company. The fries there are the star of the show. You can pick from, I think there's like eight different potatoes oh. and then you pick the cut you want and then they cook them and then you pick the sauce you want. It's quite an experience yeah. in random French fries. <laughs> <laughs> the French fry oh connoisseur. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that there was eight different types of French fries that you could choose from. That's uh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it's eight different potatoes. And then depending on which one you pick, you can get like curly, shoestring, steak, however they cut them. Um, so that's really cool. 
Um, if you're in, where else have I gone? Paddle up pokey paddles up pokey is right downtown and they have really good pokey bowls. You can make your own or they have their own that you can pick if you're into pokey. I actually, um, reached out to one of my friends here because she's a huge foodie and I was like I'm gonna be asked about this so where do you <laughs> <laughs> um so I have like a whole list I can keep going but <laughs> oh man I love I love it I- that's awesome no it's great you know we when we came last summer we went to Sun Valley and we were mm-hmm. supposed to come into Boise and spend like a day there and like hang out and then it did it just the timing didn't work out and we're like, oh, we don't have enough time. We're just going to go on to Sun Valley. But now I want to come back and we're going to come visit you guys. You have to come back. Honestly, if you just go downtown and park kind of around the Capitol building and just walk around, like that's my favorite way to just find somewhere to eat or to grab a coffee. Like I just pop in. I'm like, oh, I don't, I've never been here. Like it's so fun because downtown's, everyone's really nice. It's so quiet and it's very walkable. And there's so much good food here. Mm. Nice. You know, speaking of, of good food, any recommendations on any particular uh, markets or grocery stores that really kind of cater to maybe more healthy options? The Trader Joe's downtown is obviously good. Everyone loves Trader Joe's. So that's good. You can walk there for staying downtown. We live in West Boise, so we're probably a 10 minute drive from downtown and right down the street from us, there's a place called Natural Grocers and everything in there is organic. It's just kind of your typical health food store. And I found some things in there that I've never seen anywhere else. So I really like that store. But if you come here, just because you have to do it, Albertsons is based here. So the biggest Albertsons in the country is in Meridian, which is like 10 minutes down the road from Boise. So you have to go there. It is quite an experience. They have a full-blown bar. They have like the salad bar, a pizza bar, burger bar. It's huge. Wow. Okay. You just have to go. It's not like anything like special in terms of the type of store, but you got to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a random that I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So I remember like when I was growing up, um, like Ventura County more, we, you know, that's where I didn't you know, half of my childhood and they had, we would go to Albertsons. That was like our grocery store. Mm. And so it'll be kind of cool to go and see like the main, the Albertsons. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's pretty pretty cool. There's also a a really big Whole Foods downtown too. So, okay. Yeah. Always got to have a Whole Foods. Yeah. (laughs) What about if we want to go out for a drink somewhere, where would you say? Um, I do know that there's a really big beer scene here. I haven't personally gone anywhere, but there's a ton of just sort of brewery, micro brewery situations downtown. And then I know along the green belt in the warmer months, they open up and there's some places to grab a glass of wine. If you just go for a ride on your bike or run down there, you'll pass some. Um, there's one, I can't remember the name, but it's towards garden city. If you're, if you get on Morrison park onto the, Greenbelt and then go towards Garden City. So basically make a left. You'll see it. And I cannot remember the name, <laughs> but it, it looks really cool. Um, but downtown, there's a place called Mode Lounge, and it's very much a, a place that looks like it would be called Mode Lounge. <laughs> it's very loungy and it's good for kind of co- more cocktail, cocktail drinks like that. Um, you definitely have to go there for sure, downtown. Okay. Nice. Cool. 
Well, I was going to say sweet tooth because when we were like, like for a treat, because when we were in Sun Valley, there was a place where they had this amazing ice cream. And every single day we would go because the kids were like, we have to go, we have to go. So we had got ice cream every single day and the line was like down the little path. But so in Boise, do they have a place for, you know, ice cream or dessert that you love? Yeah, they have goodies ice cream here. I don't know if, if it's a chain, if that was where you went in Sun Valley, but goodies is ice cream slash chocolate shop in the north end area and it has the best ice cream it's so good Mm -hmm. and they have milkshakes and all that but funnily enough we love there's a lot of um like old diners around here Mm -hmm. so we're super into that so there's a diner called big bun drive-in and it's in west boise and they have the best milkshakes they're they're so good we just went there last night actually (laughs) so you definitely have to go there for a milkshake or you can for either ice cream or a milkshake and there's one other one i think it's called delcy's and they do something like that delcy's delcy's and they do really good ice cream as well those are the two spots um and then dessert in the morning there's a donut shop downtown called uh, what's it called? Guru donuts. And apparently I have not had it because they're always sold out when I get there, but mm. there's a donut made out of potatoes. What? Oh yeah. my gosh. That is funny. Well, I've it's heard okay. of potato pancakes. So yeah, potato, potato donut. donut. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's, I'm all for it. I don't know. They're always sold out and I haven't had it, but I'm determined to get there early enough one day. <laughs> yes. Okay. One- I like that. Yes. And one thing I was going to say about the brewery slash wine bar scene is that you're the second or third person that has told us that along the green belt, there's a wine bar or micro brewery. So to any of you folks, there's a thing here, the bikers and the runners, when you catch them at the end or you'll get them to stop early, take a break, (laughs) they'll come to see you. So load up yeah you you put your store next to the 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 green belt <laughs> yeah yeah i i've obviously never been anywhere where restaurants close down for the winter everything's just always open so we haven't been here for the summer yet but i have heard that it's just it's just thriving on the green belt because everything's open and there's little pop-ups and all that stuff so i'm sure this summer it's going to be it's going to be a little boozy it's going to be bikes it's going to be runners <laughs> That's going to be really fun. That's going to be really fun. So now, okay. Do you have a place? Like if we want to go have dinner, if we come to Boise, we're like, we're here for the night. We want to go out for dinner. Do you have a place? Yeah, I really like, we went to Chandler's downtown when we were visiting, kind of checking out the area. And it's also attached to kind of a chic hotel, hotel 413 or 431, 413, I think. So it's downstairs. So that's really popular. We went there. It's pretty good. We went there for lunch. So we, we didn't go there for dinner, but they have a full menu and it's always on Yelp. It's like one of the top suggestions and stuff like that. There's also another place. It's a nicer place called Anthony's. I have not been there, but I've had a handful of people tell me to go there. So we just haven't made it yet. Um, so that would be another one. If you want just kind of like basic burger salad, sort of thing. Fork is really popular here. That's also downtown and they do good gourmet hamburgers and things like that. We love pizza. 
So yes. if you, <laughs> this whole podcast sounds like we just eat like donuts, and <laughs> which we is love it. not yeah. true. It's not, not true. Uh, but North end pizza is the place we usually go. So that's again in the North end and they're the bartender there is super nice. Um, when they were kind of shut down for COVID last time we were here or right before we moved and they were empty, he was very chatty. Cause you could tell, I think I feel bad for kind of the service industry. Cause they're so, I feel like they're kind of bored because yeah. people aren't coming in as much. So he was very friendly and we had a good conversation with him. So, oh, that's good. I know this has been tough on all the yeah. shop owners hospitality. and hospitality industry. So hopefully this summer we can infuse yeah, some make money up. into their, into their industry. All of us it's, Americans. Yeah. It's coming people. back. Yeah. It's coming back and we're going to run it all the way through all of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what about the takeout? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say like, what about like, where would we, um, stay like a hotel to stay when we're there? There's hotels downtown. I know the Grove hotels kind of, I think it's an older hotel and it's has a little bit of history to it, but I would actually recommend getting an Airbnb in the North end or the sunset area. My friend just recently was out here and she got one in sunset and they're just super cute and the neighborhoods are adorable. It's just fun to just walk around in there and then stay in there and North end. There's just fun stuff to kind of do in there around the Hyde park strip. And then that park camels back parks in there. So I would actually recommend doing that, but another weird Idaho thing, there is an Airbnb made out of a very large potato. No so, way. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, <laughs> I have not stayed there, but one of my good friends in San Diego, she's said, you guys have to stay in this and you have to tell me about it. And it's a little, it's like, it's a little weird, but it's like one of those things on those quirky, like what you didn't know lists. You, uh, yes. It's yeah. It's a giant potato. So Okay, so we, I gotta look this we're up. doing like, this. How big of a potato can you grow? We My are doing goodness. this. Our kids would die. <laughs> they would be like in heaven. That's the coolest thing. <laughs> All right, I'm doing that. Yeah, forget the it's hotel. It's on Airbnb. It's on Airbnb. I think it's uh, yeah. I forget how many pounds they said it was, but it's giant. It's <laughs> enough for you to stay in. So <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm stuck because I'm thinking like, how do you do that? Do you, but we'll, yeah. we'll look it up. We'll, we'll look, look it up. up. Absolutely. We'll give you guys a lowdown. Like what's the square footage? Is there a bathroom? With, with, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm out of order, but it, it, it just leads me into one of our other questions. And I know I'm probably out of order, but I just got to ask because it's a great segue. What are some of the other interesting quirky must-see things before you leave because we've got a, a potato yes we've got fries with eight ways to make french fries you know, yeah i said for eight ways to make french fries but it's eight, eight different eight potatoes, potatoes eight potatoes yeah so any other good like must-sees before you leave boise yeah i mean if you want to kind of stay on the funky funky route you actually have to go to uh, freak alley downtown so I actually found this on accident. I didn't know it existed, but it is, it is an alley that is basically a ton of different murals by local artists. And I think every August they do kind of a display where people can walk and watch new artists add to it. And it's been canceled because of COVID, but I'm hoping they do it this year. So it's just a way to showcase local artists and usually kind of in the section that they paint, they have a little like Instagram handle so you can follow them. 
but it's really, really cool. It's just, it's maybe like two blocks and everything is painted. And then kind of like the back parking lots for the restaurants, those are all painted. And there is also an indoor gallery nearby, um, but that's also been closed down. So I haven't gone there yet, but I guess this is the only outdoor um, gallery in the Pacific Northwest is this freak alley. Wow. So really cool to see. It's just like a, just like a quick five, 10 minute walk through there, but you definitely have to see that. Um, the other thing that I kind of also just randomly found out walking is the Anne Frank human rights Memorial is here. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's the only one in the country, I believe. Um, it's one of the few places that has the whole um, Declaration of Human Rights on full display permanently. So it's super, I didn't even know about it, but it's a whole outdoor thing with different quotes from different activists and a lot of facts about Anne Frank. And it's just a really cool kind of silent memorial walk to go through. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So that's cool. Um yeah, there's, there's so much there's, you can get tours of the old penitentiary and there's like a three mile hike right next to that, that you can hike up to table rock. Mm. Um, the Boise art museum is really cool. The Idaho state museums here. There's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you're here only for the weekend, that's a lot to pack in. But yeah, yeah. But that's That would be so fun. Okay. We're going to do all those things. Um, now, what about a race? Like, are they, cause I, I've never heard of like the, like the Boise marathon or half marathon. Are there any like marathons or 10 K's or five K's that you know about? Yeah, I, I wrote some down here, so I would not forget. <laughs> um, but there's a few, the Idaho potato marathon is one, I think it's in September and that's a, they market that as like, it's a last minute way to qualify for Boston. So that's good. It's also one called Jack and Jill downhill marathon, which is another, um, BQ race. Um, that's good. And I think the Idaho potato one has various distances. Uh, I have a friend that she won the 5k one year and she got a sack of potatoes as, as the prize. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course. So that was like kind of funny. Um, I know the YMCA here hosts a lot of different races for kids and families. So if you go on their website, I know they have like a huge long list of, of what to, race around here um see saint luke's is kind of one of the main hospital systems here and they do one called fit one and it's pretty flat it has different distances and i guess the uh post-race festival at ann morrison park is really good so okay that's probably a good family one to do too yeah and yeah, we'll yeah, stay in the potato Airbnb and yes. the potato and win a pack of potato, marathon. Sack of potatoes. <laughs> now we'll, and then we'll go and have the eight different potatoes made into French fries. We're gonna do the whole thing. The whole <laughs> yes, thing. And, and eat the potato donut. Oh yeah! Yes. Oh yeah! And eat the potato donut. We got a whole yeah. okay. And you, you know what? It's funny when you <laughs> have a, 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 a city, town, or what have you, and it's you know nationally or internationally known for something you always wonder like is it really like a potato town right but you're really kind of making a case that yeah Boise owns its its potato (laughs) reputation yeah yeah I mean it does potatoes well they give you a fry sauce here at like a diner instead of ketchup 
so it's just fr- it's fry sauce i think it might just be ketchup and mayo i don't know but <laughs> they give it to, i don't know what it is but that yeah i think they're definitely like known for their potatoes i don't know how much of it is you know them kind of like leaning into that stereotype but there's just a lot of farm around here and i think it's a crop that they're that they're proud of so yeah cool. that's cool so now you haven't been there a full year yet right no, we've only been here two months. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah. I was going to say, what's your favorite season, but I'm going to assume it's probably going to be winter because you're saying you've been wanting to be in like real winter. Yeah. So we visited twice before we moved both times in January. So kind of in the dead of winter and we loved it. So our thing was kind of, if we love it in the winter, we're going to love it in all the other seasons. So now that it's, it's spring, I'm looking outside everything's very green. There's Mm. flowers everywhere. It's beautiful. So far the weather is, is good. It's not hot yet. We had a few hot days. Um, and then the summer, there's just, there's so much to do here. So I feel like the best season to come, it really just depends on what you want to do. Like we have a local, there's a local mountain here called Bogus Basin. So you can go up there and ski or snowboard or do whatever. And then in the summer it's open for mountain biking, um, hiking, all of that too. So I really, it's year round. Like, I think it just depends on what you want to do. I would recommend it any awesome. season. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. Pick your, pick your season, everybody. If you feel like you more want to ski come in the winter. Yeah. Everything else come in the summer or the spring. It sounds like the, all the beautiful flowers blooming. I would love that. I love the spring. We went on a hike uh, last weekend and there were so many flowers and we stopped at this access point for the river to go in to kind of cool off our legs. And of course it's all melted snow. It was freezing cold. I tried to go, I tried to go further in and I, I couldn't do it. So we're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to do the whole rafting thing in the summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Late summer. Let that Late water summer. warm up a little yeah. bit. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Caitlin. So we love to ask our guests um, this last question, which we love to, it's neat to hear everybody's different answers, but if you could run anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Oh, geez. That's such a good question. I feel like my answer is going to be like lame because there's so many places that I've run here in the United States that I've loved. Like I love it here. I'd love to just keep exploring here. I guess we we always wanted to go to Iceland. We were going to go there for a minute for our honeymoon and we kind of changed plans. I don't know if there's running there, like it's cold. Like, I don't know anything about Iceland, but I just think that it would be cool to run there or at least do kind of like a crazy hike. Yeah. Didn't we have that? No, we've had that answer before. And I've talked to people who've been to Iceland runners and I guess you can run there. And it's, it's really like, I don't know. It's beautiful. I've heard, I've never been there, but it's on my list too. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. I love that. Okay. Caitlin, where can everybody find you? And I'm so happy we were able to do this. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh yeah, no problem. And I'm curious if anyone listens, if they're from Boise, if they have any additional suggestions for, for a new person. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, But you can find me. I usually use, I use Instagram 
mostly pretty heavily. So I'm just Kate, C-A-I-T, Pilk, P-I-L-K, Smith, uh, at Kate Pilk Smith on Instagram. Um, and then I do do a lot of writing for the Mighty and I'm the kind of the group coordinator for the IBD group there, the Inflammatory Bowel Disease Group. So people can find me there. Uh, it's a really good resource if you are living with chronic illness. So I definitely encourage people to visit that too. Yeah. I love everything that you're doing in that yeah. community too, Caitlin, like telling your personal story and like being an inspiration for so many people. I've followed your journey and it really is inspiring. So thank you for all that you, that you do for, for the running community mm-hmm. and beyond for people dealing with that, you know, and you telling your personal story. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And you're inspiring too. Congratulations on your cover. Oh, I like, man. I saw the cover and I screamed. I was like, oh my God, that's Natalie. And I showed Ryan. I'm like, you met Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. It's fun to be like excited with other people and people calling and um, it's been a really fun week. So I'm just, we're just kind of soaking it all in. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, So everybody listening, if you are from Boise, Idaho, hit Caitlin up and you guys can go on a run or a hike or have a beer together and you can give her even more of your, show her around around, you guys and give her even more recommendations. And if you're a runner, hit us up and come on our show and we can talk even more about Boise because we are Idaho fans. Absolutely. (laughs) Caitlin Smith, you are awesome. I am so happy that you are in my life. You are such a light and I'm so happy that we are friends and thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Caitlin. This has been a ton of fun. Tell Ryan we said hi. I will. I will. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Caitlin, thanks so much for joining us on the show. As much as California will miss you, it sounds like Boise suits you well. For only two months in, you have a really good handle on running and fun in Boise. Thank you for sharing everything you've scouted out thus far, despite moving in the middle of a pandemic. We look forward to enjoying Boise with you the next time we're there. Everyone, please follow Kate on Instagram at Kate, C-A-I-T, Pilk, P-I-L-K, Smith. That's Kate Pilk Smith. Also, check out her work as a contributing editor on The Mighty. Come follow us at Sweet Run, Nat Runs Far, and on sweetrun.com. Thank you again to our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is offering 25% off its entire store for our listeners. Just visit insidetracker.com slash sweetrun. You guys, we are huge fans of Inside Tracker. They make it so easy to find out what's going on inside your body. You just go and have your blood drawn. They do a complete analysis and tell you what it is that you're missing so that you can become a better athlete and a better person. So definitely go and take advantage of this offer. Join us next week for another great conversation with an awesome runner living in a great location. We'll see you then. We will see you then.